What's up, YouTube? I am super excited. I'm always a little bit more excited than usual when we have an international guest on the show, especially when that um, dude is just such a cool person and a good friend of ours. Uh, so we're gonna dive straight into how flexibility can actually make you stronger. And uh, I'm very excited because uh, we've got a guy here who is both very flexible and very strong, more so than probably even Rad and I, at least in the strong uh, area. Anyway, we're gonna dive into it right after this. Hey everyone, in case we haven't met, my name's Rad Verma, so I'm one of the co-founders of Unity Gym and co-creators of the UMS, the Unify Movement System, where we take driven people and turn them into superhumans. And the way we get such amazing results with our program is that we've created a true balance between strength and flexibility. If you want to know how we do that, you can download one of our free blueprints. We've got the Flexibility Blueprint, the Strength Blueprint, and the Nutrition Blueprint. There's a link in the description of this video for all of them. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Yanni here, the co-founder of Unity Gym, and today a very Unity. special guest, Ben Pakulski, former Mr. Olympian competitor and uh, all-round gentle giant. How you doing, Ben? <laughs> gentle giant. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, first time you've ever been introduced as a gentle giant? I don't know about the giant thing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, man, love Australia. Love you guys. So grateful to be able to get over here and see you again. Yeah. I always make sure I get over here uh, anytime I'm in Australia. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's great to have you here. Uh, you always bring a really positive energy with you, man. And uh, can it's I, always... Yeah, can I, I was just going to say, every time you come, you look even more healthy, more vibrant. What's your, what's going on, man? Oil over there, oil man. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, just you know, being conscious of realizing that um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into health and it's not just one thing, right? And we yeah. talked about this is, you know, most people will focus on um, nutrition and most people focus on training and it's all these things. It's, it's you know, spirituality, it's relationships, it's stress management, it's mindset optimization, it's your environment. and. You know, really paying attention to the little stuff, and I tend to be a little bit neurotic. Um, not to the point that it's stressful, but to the point that, like, um, you know, I won't bend on a lot of things. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's. I mean, it's just a habit now. It's not like it, it certainly doesn't need to be a stress. You never want to be, you know, panicking about. I want to this blue light, or this, I'm panicking because I'm eating bad food, or yeah. you know, I just try to be a little bit conscious and uh, be in control of all the things in my life. It's this idea of living life on purpose yeah. rather than just being, you know, kind of letting life happen to you. Absolutely. We actually did a, a, a show on living on purpose just two weeks ago. So all of you should be really well versed on what he meant by that. Yeah, it's it's one of those um, it's one of those areas that a lot of people are, are quite um, unconscious about, isn't it? And it's one of the it's one of the things that I think um, it's our it's our duty as people that are aware of it in the health and fitness industry to educate people that there is uh, so much more to it than just going to the gym and lifting weights or um, God forbid just you know hitting the pavement and running. You know, yeah, I think where people fit. go wrong is that they're of this mentality of hey, I'm in a stressful situation. How do I become present in it? And, and it's not even possible, right? It's kind of like, you know, you guys understand the breathing, right? We want to we have very, very conscious breathing, methodical breathing. Well, that doesn't happen when you're in the deepest depths of your heaviest squat, right? It happens when you're in a very calm and controlled environment. And the same thing's happening in, in life. It's just learning how to, you know, create those mindful moments, whether it be at the beginning of the day or before you eat or before you go to bed, to anchor in that, uh, consciousness being present right so it's this co concept of meditation when you call it what you want call it prayer call it being present being mindfulness whatever you want to call it but just taking a moment to just be present inside your body you know pay attention to what's going on inside your mind what's going on inside your body and i've been using this example a lot but i'll use it again because it's very very uh, useful um, i talked to a neuroscientist a friend of mine 
And he says every human being has the ability to be in two places at once. So you have the ability to hold a conscious thought and then, you know, usually two conscious thoughts. And most people live in the past, in the future, right? They're, they're um, worrying about what they did in the past and they're stressing about the future. Uh, what you should be aiming to do is living in the, the here and the now, right? So it's, I want to live inside my body and outside of my body, but both in the present, right? So when I'm inside my body, I'm thinking about, you know, my breath or I'm thinking about my muscle tone or I'm thinking about something inside my body and I'm also thinking about being present here with you. So that's outside of my body. But both of them are here and now. So I'm living in the now and now. And you know, certainly you could, you could project forward to the future and go, this is where I want to be in the future. Let's create a visual and, and go there. Uh, but you certainly don't want to live in, in the past and the future with most people are living in. Some people live in the past of the past and some people live in the future, but both of those can cause stress and anxiety. We want to learn to live in the here and the now. And that doesn't start, like I say, when you're stressed. It starts when you're, uh, your unconscious is clear, you wake up in the morning, you're just completely blank slate, and you go, I just want to think about, <sighs> what does that feel like, right? What does that feel like to be conscious and be present and, and taking those moments, those micro moments, those micro increments to be present, and that's how it starts for people, right? It's not just like this endeavor of going from zero level of consciousness to high. It's just micro uh, kind of triggers to allow you to just become present. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, something that a lot of people are, are just com completely unaware of, you know, even even myself, who I consider to be at a, a higher level than the average person, I still, you know, get reminded sometimes by my wife and even just with this conversation with you, just how much better I can do at, at this stuff. So, um, you know, if you're not, uh, if you're watching this show and this is really new to you, it's, um, you know, there's some really good ways you can get started. And uh, a great way is just with really short daily meditation, isn't it? It's um, Well, so one thing I want to offer the listener, and I talked about this really recently, I said I just did a podcast with somebody who talks about this. This is something I've been teaching for a really long time, but it's a great book. And this guy just basically quantified and, and backed it up with all the data of everything I've been this talking, is the one about. talking to me about. Yeah, the show, so the brain's yeah. called, the book's called Brainwash, is Dr. David Perlmutter, and the simple explanation that, that he so eloquently describes in the book is, you know, most of us, you know, effectively you think of the brain, it's obviously very complex, but if you simplified it to having this, um, you know, kind of animalistic, um, you know, lower brain, like your lizard brain, your amygdala, mm -hmm. and you had your human brain, which is your prefrontal cortex. Prefrontal cortex is very much around consciousness and thought and being present, where the amygdala is very reactionary and very primal and very animalistic. And, Anything that you Opportunity do. Opportunity or threat, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So this threat-based brain. So many things in life are forcing us to uh, reinforce the neural network into the amygdala, right? So what does that mean? That means we wake up in the morning, we check our phone, we're stressed, you're, using your, you're not being um, responsive, you're being reactive. So, you know, inflammatory foods are, are forcing you to reinforce an amygdala-based pathway, stress, cell phones, cars, like anything that, that's reinforcing stress, bad food, all these things are, are reinforcing these amygdala-centered neural networks. And the more you reinforce that, that becomes your default. Right? So what we want to do is we want to go, okay, where is my, effectively my amygdala hijacking my life? And how do I then become more prefrontal cortex dominant? Meaning I actually just need to become more present. I need to learn how to kind of anchor the prefrontal cortex um, as a foundation of who I am. This is my default rather than that is my default. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So uh, the simple ways to start thinking about it is I have to do something every single day that's reinforcing this prefrontal cortex um, pathway neural network and it, the reality is the way our society is designed is it's designed to hijack your amygdala like it's designed to just have you in the amygdala based reactions why television <coughs> cars food 
Why? Well, because people who live in fear and anxiety are consumers, yeah. right? When you're, when you're always running away from something, when you're always fearful, you have to do something outside of you to change your state. If you knew that everything you needed to, be, to live your happiest life was already there, you don't need to consume something outside of you. I don't need to eat. I don't need to eat sugar. I don't need drugs. I don't need pharmaceuticals. It's all already there. Now you're not a, a functioning, contributing member of society, right? Because now, oh, like, I'm, I'm completely fulfilled. I don't need anything outside of myself. Yeah. So now, right now, now the, the economy starts to yeah. have a bit of a downturn. So this stuff is all perpetuated through the news and through television and through, you know, everything we hear in politics, just mongering fear and segregation and separation amongst the classes. And, I, you know, I highly suggest the book. You did a great, great job. But, you know, this is stuff we know is built into society. Well, just say the, the title of the book again. Brainwash. So Brainwash. Brainwash. Yeah. By who? David Perlmutter. Oh man, I'm all over it. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. I, what I find is, um, I mean, I'm I'm very aware. Yanni and I are both very aware of this stuff. But I find that I have to like um, every periodically, monthly, quarterly, yearly, sort of recalibrate myself. And like you, you take a step back and go, oh my god, you know, I've let this stuff creep back into my so life. So easy. And, so easy. Uh, you know, I've got a you know, and sometimes Yanni reminds yeah. me and sometimes I remind Yanni where we're like, dude, you know, where like we actually just did that a month ago. We, we we restarted our year and we sat down and went, Man, look at all this crap that's crept back into our life and look at the way yeah. we're living and we're not you know, it's we're beautiful not, you say that because nobody's immune to it, myself yeah. included, yourself included. It, you know, it, it's manipulation at the neurochemical level, and you're not in control. You have to, this is why people you know, who are successful in life, the most successful people, as you guys know, talk about your morning routine. It's yeah. this idea that I preach all the time. It's <clears> like either you create your mind or someone's going to create it for you. Yeah. So you wake up, wake oh, up man, in the morning. Wake up in the morning, you create your mind before you, the world creates it for you. Yeah. And so you're going to sit down, you're going to meditate, you're going to become present. You're going to say, who am I going to be today? How am I going to show up? What's the greatest thing I can do to The single thing I can do today, that's my greatest contribution to the world. And now I'm becoming, um, I'm, I'm literally creating, as we spoke about earlier, this avatar of like this powerful, strong, empowered person that I'm going to take into the world rather than going in and being a victim. Now I'm going to go in and I'm going to be empowered, right? I'm going to go in and I'm going to, I'm going to be the owner of my life rather than victim of my life. And, you know, if people can take that away from and take that into life life is your oyster yes yeah. i think this is this is i mean I, I spoke about this when we did our series on goal setting and mindset and <coughs> i went deep into psychology and then i had a, another friend of mine scott swall who's a performance coach a success coach on the show talking about this exact same thing and i think that this is and i'm so glad that you're here bringing it up now again because people relate to you as someone who has achieved a very high level of success and i have never met anybody who Actually, I take that back. Gary Vaynerchuk's probably the only really successful person I've ever met who's just disconnected from this shit. He doesn't think about it much, but he does a lot of it, you know. He dictates everything all day, every, the moment he wakes up. Uh, I think he just, I don't know, he's just wired that way. But uh, when I asked him about, you know, conscious thought and this and that, he just said, I don't know, I just fucking think that way, you know. Um, but I've spoken to so many other people and... This is such a poignant thing that so many people get wrong. They, th they, they wake up in the morning and become reactive to everything that's happening in their life as opposed to making a conscious thought of how, am, and I love the way you just put it, you know, how am I going to show up? How, who am I going to be today? You know, because we've all got, and we just had this huge deep talk between the three of us about conflicting stuff that's going on in our lives that's preventing us from showing up as our best self to drive the business forward, you know. So here's why, right? So here's why I think this happens. And again, this is my theory, but so right now, each of us has a resting default 
feeling, tone inside of our body, right? Call it like sentience, the way our body feels at our heart level, at our energetic level, whatever level you want to be at. And if we know that consuming that coffee can give me a positive plus one benefit, my brain becomes addicted. I get a reward. Mm -hmm. If that carbohydrate can give me just a slight positive, better feeling, that's a positive reward. Like, I want more of that. Yeah. So no matter what it is, and, you know, in society, people start to become trained with external rewards, with external mechanisms of making themselves feel better. From the time you're born, you're, burn, you're born into consumerism. You're born into, like, hey, buy those nice shoes. And, mm. you know, th all these things, you know, you have to have a nice house. You have to have a nice car. You have to keep up with everybody else. <laughs> Otherwise, you're lesser than them. That makes you feel less. Well, I don't want to have a, ne a, a, a net negative. I want to have a net positive. So we're born into this society and this culture of, like, I have to pursue things that side of myself to feel better. It's just nonsense. It's yeah. all it's already there. But p people aren't taught from a young age, hey, it's breathing, it's meditation, it's gratitude, mm. it's smiling, it's going outside. Those are the things that are ultimately should be the things that are giving you the net positive neurochemical yeah. response, right? Yeah. But most people are getting so much negative positive or negative mm -hmm. net neurochemical response from the stress and the amygdala-based responses from the TV and, the, and social media and all these things that are just, you know, uh, ubiquitous in our life. It's almost impossible, man. Like, because it's so easy for you when you wake up in the morning, like, oh, I really don't feel so good. Food. I don't feel so good. Social media. I don't feel so good. You know, whatever. Coffee, alcohol, whatever. Whatever the vice may be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just a net positive, yeah. right? So it's, it's literally impossible unless you start creating, we talk about what habits, right? We want to create these conscious habits so it no or the un ultimately become unconscious. <coughs> well, it's, it's funny as well because um, I, I agree exactly with what you're saying and, and, and even with what you were saying, Yanni, because we were all the same. Like, I can't speak for you, Ben, but you and me were. Like, until you become aware of this stuff, you're just living your life on default. You know, you're reacting to everything and you see something, you react to it, and that kind of shapes you to who you are. And there's this old saying, you, you know, you're the net worth of the five people that are closest to you. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting um, concept to think about you know, what you have to go through to make these changes because the, everything that you just said, like, you know, alcohol, coffee, food, they're instant gratification. So it, you, you can go from, oh, I don't feel so good to, oh, I'm going to have this, and you get an immediate reaction, but then it, you, you crash as quickly Yeah, but your brain you sees it. it as, like, reward. Right? Yeah, your exactly, brain goes, good, exactly. more. But all the things that, that we're talking about and that you're talking about, they're not things that necessarily give you that... Um, you don't get that feeling straight away. Like if you're out of shape and you say, I'm going to... It depends because this is... And, and uh, Sorry to cut you off. No, that's all right. This is something... I think, it, first of all, I'll say, I think it goes far beyond an interesting concept. I think it's a critical concept that people start to open up to uh, because the majority of people, when, when I talk um, to people who come into the gym or to friends, they're not happy with their situation. There's something that they're not happy with. It's either a job or a relationship <coughs> or health. Uh, and... Um, so I think it's a critical concept because most of those things don't change unless you become, uh, you, you achieve a heightened level of consciousness and you take action, you know. Now, like the, the concept of, um, of sort of, I don't know, f I, could call it, I was going to say fumbling through life, being reactive to the things that are going on around you, um, y you have to make a choice to stop doing that. Like you, I, but I don't think it's even possible for most people, right? Like because yeah. you're, you're so... Uh, manipulated for lack of a better word yeah, by yeah. the system oh yeah right television is, is driving fear if you ever watch the news your, your brain is always in fear if you ever go on social media your brain is in fear and they're curating that 
So until you have something in your life that makes you stop and become conscious, until you create a practice mm -hmm. every day, I'm not going to be reactive. Yeah. Yeah. You don't stand a chance. Yeah. As you said, with all this of us, is, this is we're all getting saying, back yeah. sucked back into to yeah, the man. to the matrix, right? Yeah. 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 Even even people like us that are aware of it. Just quickly, let's give a couple of shout outs. So we've got Quok Nguyen is watching and saying, morning, everyone came for this video. Thanks, Quok. Um, we've got uh, Bioseed. So Kumaran is uh, saying, morning all, really enjoying this and agree about needing to declutter your life. Um, thanks, brother. Thanks for the comment. And Benji Williams is saying, um, Pearl Mutter has some other great books as well. Grain Brain Changed My Life Eight Years Ago. Yep. Cool. Thanks for um, thanks for the comments, guys. Thanks for thanks, tuning Benji. in. Benji, I'm going to check this out because it's an author. He's an author that I have not read anything. He's, so um, Brain Maker, Grain Brain, Brainwash. Fantastic. Read, yeah, the, read, really. read the trilogy. He's got yeah. more than that. He's got yeah. cookbooks and stuff. But yeah. he's a super bright guy. Super awesome. bright guy. Cool. He was just awesome. on my podcast, and, and that's not out yet, but it'll be out soon. And just like love his message, man. And again, it's every, it's what everyone needs to hear. It's it's this reality that's being perpetuated in you know social media and television. Yeah, yeah. And, but again, first learning that you are a victim of it is, yeah. is the first step in changing. Exactly like right. you're not yeah. you're not getting outside of control. You're you're in that. Yeah. But you know, I hope a small percentage of us can become conscious enough of okay, I know this is happening. Yeah. If I'm consciously aware of it often enough, eventually I can move myself yeah. outside of the box, yeah. right? Living inside the box of manipulation, of consumerism, of merchant uh, having to consume, yeah. you know, materialism. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, this year we took our kids to Europe instead of Christmas, like uh, during Christmas, and it was the first year that we haven't had like a Christmas where we gave sure. them gifts and things like that. Instead, we spent an absolute fortune traveling to five countries in Europe. But the kids didn't know any different. No. You know? Like, uh, I think on Christmas morning, I went to the supermarket and got a couple of little matchbox cars and, and wrapped them up and so they could open something and they played with them in a sandpit and they just had the, uh, like the most epic time. And they'll remember and, that forever. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Like experience uh, trumps um, uh, things any day of the we week. We did the same. We, went to, we took the kids to the mountains this year in North Carolina. Yeah. Same idea, yeah. Yeah, and it was just epic, you know, really, really good. Okay, so... Um, I want to steer this into the direction I was just about to say that. Oh, really? <laughs> of, uh, of what, what I've titled the video, which is uh, How Flexibility Makes You Stronger. Now, Richie, have you got the um, a couple of those photos of, of Ben and Rad stretching? I want to just um, show, because I'm always blown away. Uh, I've known um, Ben for a few years now, and, and uh, since your sort of peak, I guess, prime bodybuilding days, uh, which would have been like 2014, maybe? Yeah, when did you, what, when did you 2013 was the first time I was come here. Come 10th yeah. in, in, in Olympia. What year was that? 12. 12, 12. 2012. Yeah. So, so then a year after. year after yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, you've lost a bit of size, obviously, you were saying out there. How, I, how, I how, how many, how many uh, Maybe, kilos yeah. have you? Uh, <laughs> um, some down, probably 25. You were kilos. about 140 back then, weren't you? 137, I think you were walking around when I met you. The first time, yeah, yeah. you'd remember me. I, yeah. I, I usually, you know, pounds. I'd fluctuate between like three, oh, three hundred and three fifteen. Yeah, yeah, whatever that converts. Yeah, to. yeah. And uh, what are you now? Uh, under two sixty, so two fifty five. Yeah. So whatever that is, one twenty kilos. Yeah, yeah. 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 So wh I, the thing that um, surprised me the most when you first came to Unity a year ago, uh, Rad was carrying on about it for 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 weeks after. He's going, I can't believe how flexible Ben was for for um, his amount of muscle. Well, mass, I've never seen you know? it before. Like when we see guys, the the bigger the guy that comes into the gym, the normally the the less flexible they are. Sure, and, and it makes we, sense, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because mo most guys that are, you know, most people, it's. Um, 
they, you know, it's hard to run towards something without running away from something else. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, like, a lot of the time, the bigger the guy, the stronger they are, the less that time they've spent doing any kind of flexibility. And I was just blown away by taking you through that stuff and how easily you went through it. I was like, oh man, this guy's going to struggle <laughs> with what we're going to do. And you were loving it. You were eating it up. Yeah. So my first experience with a very strong person who blew me away with flexibility was Dmitry Klokov, who is a Russian. Do you know Dmitry? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I did a workshop with him, and I was. Um, I, I like to always try and time it so I get there early because you can often catch the guys training or doing their own thing, and I did. And I was blown away by how long he stretched for. He, and it wasn't stretching, it was it was mobility training, but he did most of it with a barbell. So he was doing 20 kilos or whatever, but then he did this whole sequence of um, different movements like duck jumps and duck walking and things with, with sometimes 60 or 80 kilos above his head in a snatch position and things like that. And he did this whole sequence and routine where... He was, and I, and I was kind of like, wow, you do a lot of mo- mobility and flexibility. He goes, man, I lift weights for about 40 minutes to an hour and I stretch for about two hours before that, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said most of the Olympic weightlifters do the same thing. He probably doesn't do enough mobility training. And I was like, whoa, okay. Um, and then to see you out there, uh, so flexible. I have a theory and that is that um, becoming really flexible, uh, if you're developing end range strength, makes you stronger because for me personally, I've never felt better in a squat or a deadlift uh, or a bench press, which are the classic strength movements than I do now. Um, and I'm not as anywhere near as strong as you. Uh, for my weight, I wouldn't stand a chance in a powerlifting competition. But um, compared to the average person, I'm certainly considered quite strong. Uh, what do you think about the concept or the notion of flexibility making you stronger? Well, so I think... so. I like to differentiate between flexibility and mobility, right? Yeah. So flexibility to me, when I think of flexibility, as I define it, is, is the ability to get into a range of motion passively yep. versus when I think of mobility, I think it's active. Yep. I think that's a very, very important distinction to make. So stretching into a range and being flexible to go somewhere is not the same as being able to actively control it there. Yep. So what I aim for, in, and as I said, like I do yoga, but I don't do yoga for yoga. I don't do yoga for what people would associate yoga to be. It's not a flexibility thing for me. It's a mobility thing for yep. me. Like ultimately, I'm going to increase flexibility but it's very more more uh, improving my active ranges, right? So I want to improve the ranges that I can control my body in. Okay, yeah. so why do we want to control? Well, if I can't control it, I can't load it. Yeah. And so it's important for people to know that mobility and stability, uh, I believe, are, are inseparable. Yeah. So if I have poor mobility, chances are I'm going to have poor stability as well. That's why your brain tends to sense instability, lack of stability, and tightens up. Yeah. It's a protective mechanism. So if I can improve um, stability, I'll thereby improve mobility. And if I improve mobility, hopefully, Hopefully I can improve stability. There should be kind of a, this, this thing that these go hand in hand. Yep. So when I go to yoga, or when I first went to yoga, what I noticed was my ability to improve stability because we're going into to these end ranges and we're spending time in those end ranges. It's not just like, hey, go there and, and relax. It's like go there actively with control and, and exude stability and, and ultimately control in these end ranges. And then eventually the end ranges become longer and longer and longer because one, I'm obeying what my body has and my body goes, hey, I'm strong in this position. We can go a little bit further. I'm strong in this position. I go a little bit further. Because if my brain sensed that I was weak in the position, it sensed instability would tighten up. It's a yep. protective mechanism. So the more time I spend there, the more confident I get there, the more um, you know, ultimately mobility I gain, the more my brain will open up and give me even more mobility correlatively. Yep. And so I've noticed tremendous like you say, my squat's gone up, 
my um, bench press is, is maybe not gone up, but it's from my peak, but certainly more stable. Like my shoulders are so much more stable. So I'm able to get into these end ranges and actually be loaded and not feel like things are going to break. Yeah. Um, and that's really what I'm after, right? It's like, how can you get super, super strong, uh, maintaining these, these uh, maybe extended active ranges of motion so that, you know, active with mobility rather than just passive flexibility. Yep, absolutely. Can we, Richie, have you got that picture? Have you bought yeah, it yeah, up? I'll put it up now. So put it up now. Um, is it up? Let me know, because we've got a delay here. So we we're, at 20, we're so working with a 20 second so delay. Is it on there, yeah? Yeah, so you can see there, Ben is uh, is one flexible dude, uh, especially for somebody that's um, as muscular and strong as he is. It's um, So he's speaking from uh, experience here. He's not uh, speculating. Um, so yeah. I think, uh, I think that what you, um, and what you've pointed out there, which is something that we are huge advocates of, is we, we, we refer to it as end range strength. And I think that uh, passive flexibility is probably in many cases um, uh, can can create instability. You totally, know? yep. And this is one thing that I dislike about the way a lot of people approach flexibility training, and I'm sure Rad will agree with me, is that they do a lot of stretching, but they don't strengthen those. They, don't, they can't load that. Well, so if you think stability. about what's happening, like I, my brain goes, okay, what's happening inside my body? If I take my, my joint or my muscle to a position where it's not strong and stable, your brain goes, shit. Let's, let's protect this thing. Yeah, so it's going to yeah, literally yeah. tighten up. It's usually going to be pro-inflammatory. Yep. Whereas if I'm staying within my, what my body can kind of control or I'm giving my brain like a little bit more time, a little more stability in that position, it's not going to be an inflammatory response. It's not going to be this like uh, sympathetic, you know, hypertensive type thing. It's going to be a relaxation type thing or at least a control type thing. Your brain goes, hey, I can I can adapt to this. Yep. And, you know, when, I think that to me is, is the big distinction to make because it's not I'm trying to just shove myself into places, especially with resistance yep. that I can't otherwise go right and you see a lot of bodybuilders who or powerlifters who you know they put 20 kilos in the bar they go down halfway they put 40 kilos on each side and also they go down almost all the way and then it takes 60 kilos aside to make it all the way to the bottom of the squat and just like and think about what's happening at your joint right so the muscle yeah. muscles can't physically get you there so it takes that amount of resistance to shove you there and now everyone goes i don't know why my hips and my back hurt when i'm squatting yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do yeah yeah exactly is, is this a new thing for you ben like to be pursuing uh, mobility like this or is it like relative or is this something that you were doing in no. your bodybuilding So days? I was always super, super aware of improving my mobility. It wasn't always my top priority. Mm. So obviously now, as I mentioned, like I have this kind of really simplified routine where I do one day of strength, one day of stability and mobility, which is yoga, and then one day of aerobic work. And I just kind of rotate through them. And when I'm on the road, it changes a little bit. But, um, you know, it, it's always been a conscious thought of mine. It may have just been a different proportion in the past where maybe it's like one or two days of, of mobility a week or maybe it's at the end of the workout for 10 or 15 minutes mm -hmm. rather than now it's it's like I, I give it this whole... Because for me, it's also a, a consciousness endeavor, right? It's a 90-minute yoga session where I'm just you know, removed from the world. I'm super inside my body, paying attention to myself, focused on my breath, and, and almost it's a meditative experience, whereas in the past it was more like a physical benefit. Now it's this integration of mind and body that I'm looking for, so it's a, bit, a little bit of a different experience. You've always been very methodical about your training, and I even remember, I don't know what year it was, but I remember, you know, they used to have these pre-Olympia press conferences with all of you guys um, lined up, and you'd get asked questions, and there was always a little bit of banter between yourself and some of the other boys about your approach to training. You had a very scientific um, methodology and you were much more methodical about form and technique and range of movement. And I can't remember who it was one year that you got into a bit of an argument with um, in the press conference. And you I don't remember. Of course I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and you, uh, well, it was all, it was everybody, to be honest. Like there yeah. was everybody because... 
I, I am methodical about it, and, and I, my, my argument against it, or against them, was <laughs> I'm not as genetically blessed as you. Like, you can get away doing dumb shit, and if yeah. I do that, I don't build muscle. Yeah. And I know that, because I've gone through that all, right? So yeah. until I became very conscious of what I'm doing, until I became, learned how to not just lift a weight, but actually direct where that tension is going. So if I put 50 kilos on the table, and I say, Yanni, pick it up. Okay, I'll pick it up. And your body will, will use whatever is easiest, you yeah. know, path of least resistance. Yeah. So it's going to use the biggest muscle groups, and then, you know, the small muscle groups are going to get proportionally less work. What if I said, Yanni, pick up that 50-kilo dumbbell with just your bicep? That's a very different experience. Yeah. You're still doing the same thing. Same end result, very different internal experience. Yeah. So how do we, that, that's really how this worked. It's like, hey, like, I want you to pick that up with only using your ladder, only using your pack. And it's this very isolating experience. And to do that now, well, I have to be very aware of the reality that my body wants to revert back to... Um, path of least resistance always it's always it's an evolutionary thing to save energy and, and keep you safe so I have to be so present and conscious to go what's actually doing the work what's actually doing the work what's actually doing the work um, so point being um, you know everyone seemed to think hey man just shut up and lift and work heavy yeah. well I'll tell you what I outworked every one of them yeah but I also did it with accuracy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and nobody would have been able to, because like, what you don't realize is when you actually pick up, pick up a weight with one muscle, it's so much exponentially harder physically and mentally, yeah. right? I got to be locked in mentally, otherwise you don't stand a chance. Yeah. And nobody would have, would have been able to sustain those workouts. And, and I, I challenged anybody. I was like, yeah. listen, man, come. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll last a man, fraction. Man, I did, it. I, did yeah. it for a I tried to do it for a couple of weeks, and uh, I certainly... I've never experienced anything like it. By the end of the second week in Sydney training with you, I was more jacked than I'd ever been in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it's really, oh, you know, people... Holy you crap, know. I came back and we did some workouts, you remember that? And uh, it was just a mind-blowing experience. Um, yeah, I hated those workouts. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're basically trying to make it as least... And this, what you said there, the path of least resistance, the most least advantageous... Uh, when you're working a muscle, when you're training with intent to really flex that muscle and, and stimulate that muscle group. And, uh, and it was just incredible. Like, uh, I remember uh, doing a workshop with you and, and uh, there was a lot of ego destruction there because there was a lot of guys there who were really um, having to deload the weight, even me, you yeah. know? Like, oh, I came in there thinking, yeah, I can bench press like 140 kilos, and you had me on like 60 kilos screaming like a little girl, you know? <laughs> Like was, well, it's a, it's a different scenario, right? It's taking away your strengths and, yeah. and isolating your weaknesses. And that, that's that, I mean, we know in life or in, in anything, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So we're going to yeah. go, hey, you're not good with this. Yeah. Let's do more of that. Let's spend more time there. Let's do a little more frequency with that. Well, you're really good with this. We still want to do that. We don't want to neglect that. But we're yeah. going to spend maybe a little less time and focus on that to allow these other things to balance out. Then you have less injuries, better mobility, better stability, better overall yeah. health. Um, and that's you know kind of how I approach the, this. The, the, the uh, less and that's what so few people are doing, isn't it? Because yeah. because you, you you put people on something that they're not good at, and they're just going, nah, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm the, just going to. The going less injuries and what you've just said there is so important because just about everyone I was training with at that point in time is has come and gone. Well, they're, so why, right? And we think about this, and it's just perfect correlation with what we're talking about earlier in the conversation. Is nobody does anything mindfully, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone is just mm -hmm. mindless. Give me the workout, like you know, give me the fish. Don't teach me how to fish, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. just tell me what to do. I don't want to yeah. think. Yeah. Well, actually, asking somebody to think, especially in a workout, is like, well, what are you talking about, man? I just want, I just want to do. It. I just want to, you know, grind my teeth and then lift this weight. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's not the path, man. That, that's not going to make you better as a person. It's not going to make your mind stronger. It's not going to make your body optimized, right? Yeah, yeah. And th I really believe that 
the, your greatest opportunity for, for development lies in that workout, in that 60 to 90 minutes you have every day. You have your greatest opportunity to change your mind, to become mindful, the greatest opportunity, obviously, to change your body, but also to change your emotions. And as people don't understand, is you can start to really anchor this, this confident, empowered, uh, goal-achieving person in every single set of, and in every single rep, right? You, I can literally anchor that with uh, within the workout. I can either choose to take the easy path and just lift this thing and be mindless about it, or I can actually become very present and focus on how can I make this as hard as I possibly can for my muscle, realizing that the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So everything I do in every single moment is either reinforcing a habit that I don't want or creating one that I do want. It's always the same, right? Yeah. So if I'm in the gym and I'm saying, I'm just going to be mindless, I'm just going to go in there and grunt, well, great, that's awesome. But guess what's going to then be transferred to the rest of your life? Yeah, yeah. It's just going to keep transferring. So what you guys do is beautiful because you, you asking people to become present. Hey, I want you to think about what's happening here. I want you to become present in this mobility and I want you to become strong with these end ranges. And like to do that, it takes this thing. It's not just like, hey, I'm just gonna throw you somewhere and say like CrossFit you, uh, yeah. you know, like go lift this as many times as possible. It's like, hey, I actually want you to do this with some mindfulness and some presence. And then guess what? Now I've reinforced that five times a week during my workouts. And when I leave here, I'm ex exponentially more present and mindful because I'm doing it when my brain is in its most yeah. plastic state, which is during the workout, right? Yeah, and another thing um, that's super important, which we spoke, spoke about this morning, is the concept that that um, triggers or it, 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 it harnesses this concept of intrinsic motivation, yeah. which, um, you know, you can probably talk uh, all day about that. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Huge. I mean, we had this, uh, we had a, Yanni and I, um, actively tried to create a program that harnessed intrinsic motivation rather than extrinsic motivation. And we just had a really good uh, bit of validation um, this week where one of our new members is a, a teacher and he actually is, his job is to find a way to turn the programs that they teach to children into something that intrinsically motivates oh, I them. Love it. And he spoke about the, the three areas, which I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and strain my brain now to, um, to see if I can remember them. But he said, one of them is autonomy. You have to create something that is autonomous where people have um, a feeling like they're in control of what they're doing. Another one is, I can't remember the exact word competence. that he used, but competence where it made you feel that you can do it. It is achievable. And do you remember the last one? Do you remember what the third one was? No. Um, there was autonomy, competence, and... I, I can um, open it on yeah, the email. But anyway, um, but yeah, it's and that's that's one of the... Th and he was pointing out that our workouts are... Um, oh, um, uh Connection. Connection. Connection, yeah, feeling right. connected to it. So, and he was talking about how our workouts really tick all those three boxes. And it was it was a really good validation for us because we'd never looked at it from, from that perspective. But from a hear, scientific standpoint, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Yeah. Let's quickly, I've got, um, we've got Quok is asking you a question, Ben. So this is one of our um, longtime viewers. Quok is saying, Ben, um, how did you do hypertrophy work at the same time be super flexible? Great question, because ultimately they can be viewed at the deepest level as opposing signals, right? So we don't want to be over flexible because flexibility can take away from our stability. So what we're looking at, as you guys speak of perfectly, is end range stability. You know, I want to have this end range mobility and end range stability, and that's the necessity in, in muscle building. So one of the simplest ways for, for people to understand what I do is this kind of three terms that I'll throw out, and as it's mobility, skill, and stability. And those three things have to be there for you to build muscle. So if I can't access it, so if Yanni's got ter terrible external rotation in his shoulder, well, and he goes, hey man, I want to build my pecs. 
and you put as much weight on the bar as you want, you're never going to build your pecs because you have to be able to access the range of motion before you can train the range of motion. So if you don't have the, pre the prerequisite mobility to get there, you don't build the muscle. Now, you can, now I can get you into a range, but do you have the ability to stabilize any type of load there, right? And then, okay, that's step two. So mobility, stability, skill. Third one being skill, obviously I need to be able to do this uh, in a graded way uh, as I add load because doing it with 10 kilos is, is awesome. But then as soon as I go 20, everything goes out the window. I have to reinforce that skill as I go deeper and deeper and deeper into those into those loads. So it's, I have to have the requisite mobility and then I have to, to scale stability because as, as I said, as I put more weight in my hand, skill goes out the window mm -hmm. and your body can't stabilize. So it's important to know that uh, you know, this is kind of reinforcing what you guys speak of, is your body will literally down-regulate muscular contraction if it senses instability. So if I'm standing on a BOSU ball or a wobble ball or something and my brain senses that, it'll down-regulate my ability to contract muscles, bottom line. So if there's any instability at any joint, your body will contract less muscle. So therefore, we know that stability and, and, and load have a one-to-one -one correlation. So the more stable I am at my shoulder joint, the more output I have at my pec. The more stable I am at my shoulder joint, the more output I have at my bicep, my tricep. The more stable I am at my pelvis, the more output I have at my lower body. So you're talking about your bottom or your squat. Well, you're stable at your pelvis now, which gives your, your quads a greater ability to, to, to anchor from, right? And the simplest metaphor is if I hand you a rope, Brad, and I say, Brad, pull on this rope, and this is the muscle contraction, you pull that thing hard, and every time you pull it, I move with you. There's no tension being generated, right? So in order for you to generate tension in that rope, I need to be anchored. So I'm creating stability at the, you know, the, the other end. Mm -hmm. So that's where stability kind of ties in. I need to be able to access the range of motion with massive amounts of stability. I need to be able to execute the skill. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. brilliant. That's really cool. And, and uh, sorry, have you got someone else? No, 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 no. I was just going to say, I hope that answered your question quite. Um, and this is, now I want to bring it into what you're actually teaching right now because um, you are here touring. And is this what you're teaching in the workshop? What are you it's teaching in the workshop so at the moment? The muscle it's, camp. It's actually Richard. not. It's a small fraction, maybe. Um, you know, this year. <laughs> so so last year, this is what we taught. We taught. Well, yeah. We taught like mechanics. We taught shoulder and joint health and, and hip health and spinal health, and <coughs> that was kind of the foundation we taught here last yep. year. This year, it's a bit of a shift. So. You know, for many years I taught muscle building exclusively. Yeah. I'm like, here's how you train hard, here's how you build muscle. But this year I realized that, or in the last maybe five years, I've come to the realization that most people tend to fo focus on one thing very myopically. Yep. So if you're a trainer, you think training is the most important. If you're a nutritionist, you think nutrition is most important. But the reality is it's not. There's a whole bunch of things that go into that. Yep. So what I'm teaching is what I call the six pillars of a lean, healthy, and muscular body. So if I want to be lean, healthy, and muscular, what do I have to do? And, and there's there's the integration of understanding, obviously, training and you know movement ultimately. So here, here's actually how I, a simple way for you to frame it. What are the what are the things that you can influence as a human being? How you move, yep. how you think, how you eat, how you sleep, and and how you think. Five of things really. There's only five things you can impact, and the environment you environment in which you do them. That's your six. That's all you can impact. Yeah. So that's that's become my six pillars. Yeah, awesome. So I'm teaching people how to move, how to how to breathe, how to think, how to eat, how to sleep, and ultimately the environment in which we do them all is a massive um, signal to our biology, mm -hmm. and then it all kind of trickles down from there. So I think most people don't understand, you know, body optimization or health optimization. But if you go, hey, there's only really six things we can do here. Yeah. Like which one of these is limited for you? Let's focus on that one. So if you're really bad at breathing, you're really bad at like your mindset, the thinking, let's work on that. If you're really bad at moving, let's work on that. We can work it all at the same time in, in different proportions. But that gives people a simple framework and we can chunk down from there and go, okay, well, I'm really bad at this one. Let's spend more time there. Yep. And, and everything maybe goes in phases, right? We'll spend a month on this phase and a month on that phase. And you know, I think the most important low-hanging fruit for most people is going to be stress and, and, and sleep. So we fix those, everything gets better. You don't yeah, cheat as much awesome. on your diet, your inflammation is much less, your body moves better, 
you know, I think everything f stems from that foundation. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Sure. And where are you? Um, uh, you're obviously doing a workshop in Sydney uh, coming up now. Where mm -hmm. else are you going? On the tour. So we've got a one-day event in Sydney tomorrow. So uh, that's going to be a Kingdom Gym. And then so any, people can attend a one-day, which is like very, very theoretical. We're going to give you eight hours of, of deep theory. But it's not just like, hey, here's the science. It's like, here's how to apply it. Yeah. And then following that up with three days of actually two workouts a day and applying those things while we also interject with programming and other things like that. Yeah. Um, and then next week, same idea. you got a one-day event Thursday in Melbourne at Doherty's yep. and then three days after that of training. Yep. So you can either come for one day, you can come for four, and then we're going to Bali. So yeah, the same yeah, thing awesome. in Bali at Body Factory in Bali. Yep. Um, yeah, people can check that out at musclecamps.com. Awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, have you ever been, have you done, you've never taught in Bali before, have you? Never been. Time. It's the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, really. Have you been to the tropics much? Uh, Caribbean, I go. I've been often, but never like uh, Indonesia or anything it's like that. Hot yeah. as hell. Is it? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's beautiful. I love it. I, I no, love Bali. Awesome. I just have a. I have this weird thing. I don't know if it's just men or women because my stepdad gets it, but my mum doesn't, and Kalisha doesn't get it. Every time I freaking land and get off the plane, I smell the air and get Bali belly. And it's not like have you heard horrible. Of Bali belly? It's just that you feel have like you you've got belly? like a light stomach upset the whole time and I just get on with it and deal with it you know but every time I go Kalisha's just like no no impact whatsoever same with my mum and stepdad uh, my mum will go and live there forever and love it and my stepdad's like oh my god get me out of here I just want to feel normal in the stomach again <laughs> so hmm. I, hope, I hope you get away yeah. with it yeah I might need some hacks if we have yeah. any listeners who have a hack just be aware of where you eat if anyone, if anyone has some hacks or um, ways to go to Bali and not uh, suffer barley belly then hook us up with some comments down there. Um, yeah, miss probiotics, maybe or prebiotics, or man, like gut diversity is always the, the, the funny the thing, thing is like Kalisha and I eat exactly the same thing. We're pretty intense with our drinking water and things yeah, like that. That's exactly yeah. right. My gut, yeah. my microbiome is fried because I believe because I had a lot of antibiotics when I was a kid, and totally. I think that that's messed and, and me up. Did you take antibiotics when you messed your leg? Oh yeah, yeah. all injuries. I've had that many um, yeah. from from the injuries. I went to the doctor when I was younger because I had acne, and they put me on antibiotics. You know, just they just tend yeah, to just, think that that fixed that everything. It does you know? fix everything, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so five years, five <laughs> years of my like m m most important development, I was taking antibiotics, and I'm not saying look, antibiotics sometimes are really beneficial, but at that point in my life, it was probably something I should have should not have done. Uh, I think let's go for a feed. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm all this gut microbiome, this <laughs> all this gut microbiome stuff is uh, is turning me on, uh, guys. How good was that? I know we got a lot of comments there saying that this was an epic discussion. Um, uh, I wish that we could get Ben on once a where, week because can, I genuinely feel enlightened every time you come oh, on yeah, the show. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where can people go to uh, connect with you more, Ben? Where? Easiest place to kind of learn more from me is Muscle Intelligence Podcast. So yeah. you can find that on iTunes or at muscleintelligence.com. I've got an entire uh, network there of things that I kind of offer as, as yeah. uh, assets for people to yeah. learn more. Uh, you can learn more about the six pillars. You can learn more about my nutrition uh, modalities coaching muslimintelligence.com and you're doing uh, a lot of online coaching now too aren't you so I'm doing uh, coaching not from a physique, a physique perspective yet um, I'm building a, a team and I'm building a system around that but we're actually I've been doing a lot of um, more like mentorship for, yep. for CEOs and executives and, and people who want to optimize business and, and life yep. um, so not quite uh, down the path of the physique um, optimization anymore yep. obviously that used to be my, my bread and butter but yep. um, I find that my greatest impact can be made with people who are not just focused on hey I just want to build a bunch of muscle because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people out there that are very very 
competent at that, right? Yeah. I don't want to say good, but yeah. competent. Yeah. Um, you know, they may have their limitations, but um, you know, my, I think my value or my greatest contribution, hopefully, is in helping people to to balance all the pieces, right? Yeah. Like man, like you guys understand family, yeah. business, these different avatars we talked about, right? Yeah. You know, like all these. How do you how do you create this life that where you're showing up in every one of these places and you're optimized and you're you're being your best, and you're being present, and then you know ultimately creating this mind that is supporting you through life rather than yeah. resisting you through life. Yeah, I, I, I think I would actually love to do an entire show on that and the concept of avatars because that's something that is just so profound. We'll have to do it next time because I love it. And uh, it was it's a concept that I was introduced to uh, by you and absolutely loved it. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to connect with Ben more, uh, check out the Muscle Intelligence podcast. Um, I've listened to a few episodes. It's unreal. He in, uh, interviews some really cool people, um, some very influential people, some good authors. Yep. And, and um, smash the hell out of that like button if you got a lot out of this episode so that I I can uh, try and get Ben to come back again. And uh, he only comes if you hit the like button. <laughs> right. uh, and if you disliked it, just double tap the dislike button. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to bring this one in for a landing so that we can go feed because Rad will probably eat one of us. Uh, the smallest guy in here is Phil, so he's probably going to get eaten <laughs> first. Uh, and um, everyone smashed the like button for Phil running the camera while Richie had to duck out. And that's his first time. So... Uh, awesome guys thank you very much thank you Ben uh, it's always a pleasure always and a pleasure. Uh, thanks Rad uh, for um, bringing hair to the show guys awesome we'll catch you again tomorrow we're going to continue on with the tendinopathy series we got Phil back on the show again tomorrow and uh, yeah we're going to we're going to uh, uh, no he's not no, oh, not tomorrow, Friday. Friday, Friday sorry, Friday. Yanni Friday. and me will talk about... Yeah, um, getting mentoring from an Olympian physio, so... Oh, cool, sorry. So Phil's dogging you all tomorrow, and uh, and he's back on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> but it's me and Rad tomorrow. You better tune in. See you all. Have a great day. <laughs> See ya. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.